We are all called to work. Today on the Keeping It Real podcast, there will be an informative and powerful presentation on the role a job has in the midst of one's Christian life and how one ought to be a good steward of the wages earned at that job. One of my regular conversation partners, Jeff Stuppy, will help discuss the role a job can and should have within the kingdom of God as he shares testimonials of his own vocational career. Colossians 3.22 says, serve them, that is your boss or your bosses, serve them sincerely because of your reverent fear of the Lord. May we all get a revamped view of our earthly employment, employer, and our overall handling of money as a result of this episode of the KIR podcast entitled, Working a Job for God. Welcome to the Keeping It Real podcast. Only tired of fake stuff? Shouldn't we turn down a stale brand of living? It's time to open our hearts to Christ. It's time to keep it real. Here's your host, Ollie G. Okay, so welcome to another edition of Keeping It Real. I'm your host, Ollie G. And today I've got a returning guest with me, Jeff Stuppy, uh, my boy from college, uh, from the University of Delaware days. Jeff, thanks again for being on Keeping It Real. How are things going in Michigan? Hello, Oliver. Uh, things are going pretty well, thank you. It's things are ever changing, always challenging, but the Lord is good. Lord is the Lord is good. I God's goodness is everywhere. Amen, brother. Amen. Hey, uh, so I got in touch with you. We've been, you know, we typically shoot messages back and forth every so often, and kind of was inquiring to see of your availability again. Thanks for coming on the Keeping It Real yeah. podcast today. And I was touching base with you on uh, what do you think uh, that should be the next subject matter that we should riff on? And you came up with this whole concept of a job. And, you know, that's yeah. a thing that I think a lot of Christians deal with. They deal with a lot of things, a lot of thoughts, a lot of thought processes about their job, their vocation, not only their present job, but perhaps a future job, a change in job, or maybe, you know, coming out of college. What job should I apply for? All kinds of things. And you're in the midst of um, some career, uh, th those elements within your career as well, are you not? Yeah, yeah I, uh, I, I've I, been at the same company for about six years now, and it's been, it's been a huge blessing. And I wasn't really looking for new opportunities, but I had a recruiter reach out to me. And ironically enough, it was a place that my wife had worked at several years ago and she let me know that there'd be many good people there and I thought why not give it a shot so I had an interview and then I got the sense they were interested and I just kept praying to to God like Jesus put me where you want me do you want me to stay here or do you want me to move on Try, make it obvious for me I don't want to mm. have to guess yeah. please make it obvious to me because uh, yeah, I, I try to do his will and I was hoping this was him leading me one way or the other. And I felt convicted once I finalized some of my discussions that it was, it was time for me to, to move on and go somewhere new. Well, that's a kind of a good way to lead into my first question I have for you, I think. Um, how does someone who has given their life to Christ, and I encourage our listening audience, actually, uh, if you haven't listened to prior episodes where Jeff's been on, he's got this solid, this really inspirational testimony 
of how he came to faith in Christ. Um, so that he's been on, uh, I believe, on two prior episodes. So those of you out there listening may want to check those out. But how have you stopped? How or how has someone who's given their life to Christ get transformed in their thinking and their attitude towards aspects of life, including a job or their place of employment? Well, there's many ways. As as God continues to grow us, he will also humble us because he loves us. And it's like humble or be humbled, right? Mm-hmm. So get low or, or he'll he'll help you get low. And he has certainly presented me in very many challenging situations where he's made it obvious that I need him to help me guide, get through things. And when I started this job I'm at now, I was thrown into a system implementation upgrade, which I had understood the system we were changing to, but I understood nothing about the new business. And I was sat in a room with about eight other people and I was looked at as a co-project manager. So I was in a leadership position right away and I didn't know what I was doing and I felt really stupid for several months, but I was also just praying, God, get me through this, get me through Mm -hmm. this. And Mm -hmm. As he is so often proven through his his word that you, you test by fire and you come out right. It's like he'll get you through to the other side, and then you'll be you'll be stronger for it. So if you just can, if you just have the faith and you're able to 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 hold on to that, he'll get you through it. Hmm. Colossians three twenty two is a, a verse that deals actually with uh, work or. Uh, the application to a job certainly could be made. Serve them, that is your boss, your, your boss is. Serve them sincerely because of the rev- your reverent fear of the Lord. So Amen. I think it's important, and you draw this out, is it's important for us to be humble, to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God, as it says in the book of 1 Peter chapter 5. If we humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God, then he will exalt us in due time. And if we're able to come ourselves uh, under uh, the Lord and the spirit of humility, then we're in a greater position to certainly serve with reverent fear uh, to our bosses. But actually, we're really serving the Lord. So tell us a little bit about what you do and why you've chosen this career path. Sure. Uh, there's there's a lot to unpack in that question. So I'll I'll start with the back end of your question, then I'll I'll elaborate a little more. Sure. I, I I'm an accountant. I just always seemed to like numbers. When I was in high school, I took an accounting or more like a bookkeeping class, and I really enjoyed it. Prior to that, I had bought baseball cards, and I was fascinated with trying to make profits on baseball cards and buying and selling and. I love sports. So watching the values of the card fluctuate based on how players did was was very exciting to me. And after uh, when I was in college, I got a I got an internship at PNC Financials. And that's the first time I really started to learn about the stock market. And so I just always have had an interest in numbers. And so I'm an accountant. I still maintain my CPA license. It's been there's been a lot. I was I was not been a believer my whole life only only the last eight or nine years and so uh, it was different being being in the working world is a lot different as a believer versus a, a non-believer and as a believer you just understand that 
And I mean, it takes time. I mean, I've had to mature in my faith and I still have ways to go, but you just understand more and more that you're here really to represent the gospel Mm -hmm. and God will spread us in different places. And because there's people who need the message all over. And Mm. so I'm an accountant. He's going to say, Hey, there's people there. I want you to reach. So I'm sending you here. Right. And you understand that when you work, you're working for him. And even right. if, even if you're not necessarily referencing mm-hmm. or preaching or, or witnessing or any of those things, your work ethic is is called to be a light to God. We are supposed to be ethical. We are supposed to work hard. Uh, we're supposed to be as patient as we can <laughs> mm. at the things, and we're just called to represent Him in every way we can. Yeah, we're certainly called to be salt and light. I think that's part of the point what you're driving home at. And um, that's, I think, so critical for uh, that's a message that's critical for the body of Christ to hear, because I think a lot of times uh, there's just this perception that our job. I mean, yeah, we there's talk of, well, we we're to witness on the job site or you know, when we have opportunity, we're to witness to our coworkers, but that's not really laid out anywhere in scripture. It, it's more about our life being a testimony of the grace and the love and the power of Jesus Christ. And ultimately, people are going to start asking questions and they're going to start getting so greatly mm-hmm. impacted by our lives that are hopefully prayerfully salt and light before those people that were around um you know most most of us five days a week eight hours a day 40 hours a week right yeah and i would encourage the listeners i have heard the sermons i've heard the messages over and over again about you never know be prepared to give an account to your to your faith and why you have hope and sure enough just two months ago, which is why it was so important for my prayers to be directed by God on this. My boss came to me and said, hey, I've noticed you talk about your faith and I'm stressed out all the time. And Mm. I just I just want to know more. And it was like, holy smokes, it's actually happening. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I've heard it. Yeah. And when you get to somebody and then when there's somebody that's in a point of desperation or desperate enough, then, yeah, they're going to go ahead and just they're going to come on with it, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. And he he really did. And uh, I was just like, wow, that is that is amazing. And Mm -hmm. so um, I've had a chance to sit with him a couple of times, but I did not. uh, I'm, I'm hoping to have some more chances before I leave. And. I hope we can continue the relationship outside of that. But I just literally got him. I just ordered it because he's going to be out for two weeks in surgery before I leave. And since he was asking a few things, I decided to get him the case for Christianity book. And mm-hmm. I will present that to him on Monday and hope he reads it to good get stuff. some more answers to his questions. Oh, good. That's good stuff. Great testimony. Thank you for sharing that. So. Yeah. As you being a, a certified accountant, okay, your responsibilities are pretty great. And by the way, you talked about having an interest in the stock market. You've given me some stock advice, and I greatly appreciate that. Um, and we'll get more into that in just a little bit because I'm sure people, you know, have questions like, oh, well, should Christians invest in the stock market or should they not? And there's all kinds of different trains of thought on that. 
So, but your responsibilities are pretty great. And a lot of people have strong emotional attachments to money. How do you approach advising people in their financial affairs? And do you have opportunities to exercise scriptural principles in the advice you give and in the work that you do? I get a few opportunities, Karen, once in a while, but with, with a lot of accountants, I think people are relatively savvy with money at my um, at my job right now. Uh-huh. Uh, I haven't been able to talk to other people outside of the office, but I haven't had a whole lot of chances, really. Okay. Yeah, that question stems from because there's a lot in the scriptures, I mean, a ton on stewardship and that dealing with money or possessions or time. There's a lot that deal that deals with stewardship. There's a, there's a lot of uh, principles and a lot of, uh, you know, as we call it, the meat of the word that deals with being a, a steward of God's finances. I can't help but to imagine that would be some of your emphasis, maybe not necessarily as it pertains directly to God, but you do advise people on um, making sure that they're handling their money responsibly, right? I mean, you're not giving anybody advice. Oh, you came into some money, go out and blow it by tomorrow, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, when, when I have the opportunities, it, it may not be at my work. But when I have the opportunities outside of work, whether it's at church or with friends, yeah, I mean, it's 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 never like just go spend it on yourselves and just blow it, right? Mm-hmm. I, I don't necessarily have a set – I don't have a set answer for people. Like, this is what you have to do because it's different based on different situations, oh, right? Sure. Some, people, some people have certain things going on. Some people do not. Uh, some people have emergencies and – Uh, But yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, the biblically sound principles in the Bible are good for everybody, whether or not they even know the Bible. Right. And so, yeah, I mean, and if the person happens to be a Christian, that makes it a little easier, of course. Sure, sure. But but, I mean, really, if if you're not saving or taking care of your family, then you're as bad as an unbeliever, right? Even the unbelievers take care of it. And that certainly is a bit. That's a certainly a biblical principle, and I guess that was um, kind of what I was looking to dive into in posing that question. Is there? I can't help but to think that there would be a lot of scriptural emphasis, even though you're not quoting scripture or you're not gonna you're not relaying to someone. Now, here's what Jesus said. I mean, you may not be doing that, but as far as handling God's money uh, responsibly. Um, not wasting it, certainly not uh, blowing it on, you know, ungodly causes. You know, you're not going to go out and get a cheap thrill high or something like that because you got some money or whatever. Those things are, uh, you know, a part of, you know, what an accountant does. I know you're pretty good at your job because I can testify to that firsthand um, with, you know, different advice and counsel that you've given me, which has been very helpful and I'm very much appreciative of. Do you have an established approach on how you manage your own financial affairs? Uh, In other words, do you have more of, do you have an established approach 
or do you have a day-to-day waiting to see how the Lord is going to lead and how you handle your money? Yeah, I have, I would say I have an established approach as far as I have a budget and maybe I spend a little too much time on my budget, but I do have a budget. But that's very important, might I add. I want to just jump in here real quick. You'd be amazed. When I was in pastoral ministry and the number of times where I would sit down with a couple, a married couple, and they're having problems, okay? Eight, I would say at least eight times out of 10, probably closer to nine times out of 10, it can be traced back to money. I mean, it starts off, he he said, she did, you know, he did this and she did this without telling me, you know, but once you get down below the surface and you get to the roots, a lot of it is tied to money. And then I just asked the fundamental question, do you have a budget? And you'd be amazed at how many couples... Christian couples don't operate on a budget. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not something we're really taught in school and I know there's some financial peace, but there's, there's just not a lot of people who are educated on it and it can get you in a whole lot of trouble, Hmm. right? Money, money can be uh, the root of all evil. Money itself is not evil. I've never said, nobody ever said that, right? I think a lot of people, believe that for some reason but it's not in itself but the love of it you can't serve two masters and it's very it's very enticing because with that you can do a lot of different things in in theory right money will buy supposedly happiness peace comfort power all those things but at the end of the day it really doesn't so it's very important to have a budget we have a budget if there's some other events that come up, then we have to plan accordingly. So it's not, uh, I may, I may restructure the budget on occasion based on what's going on in life. But I, I, you have to, I think it's very important to be regimented with, you can't outgive God. You should definitely save some for the future for a rainy day. You should have a budget, but you're also allowed to enjoy some of it too. Mm-hmm. So you have to find that right balance and it depends on what you're bringing in the door. They can't spend more than you're bringing in the door. Right, right. Well, and I appreciate you bringing that out. Uh, that's a pretty fundamental principle. But again, it it's amazing to me how many people do not operate on a budget. And it's the cause of so many problems. It's the cause of so much strife, so much frustration, so much heartache. It's It just runs rampant in our culture yeah. because especially us here in the West. I mean, it is just so difficult because we are so bombarded with materialism and competition. And because there is so much abundance, you know how someone can gauge whether if they have a love for money. I I appreciate you quoting that verse from 1 Timothy 6. Um, Someone can, it's very easy to gauge if someone has a love for money. And that is, can they go without the thing that they're looking yeah. to spend money on, that extra that you described? Can, could they really, in essence, go without it? I mean, right. needs, we can't go without. I mean, we can't, we need food, right? And we need clothing. But it says, Paul said in Timothy, with food and clothing, we will be content with those, with those things. Yeah. But could we go without you know, fill in the blank. And if someone can't go without, 
then that is, you know, there's an idol somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Well, and now, that's the issue. It's your master, right? It's your master because right. you're serving it. That's your real master. And that's the problem. Because if you can't go without it, then it owns you. Mm. And we're not supposed to be owned by anything other than Jesus. Amen. And so it, not to say that we don't all struggle with things, but if you become aware of something like that, it's time to reconcile that situation because it can it can just be the beginning. Exactly. And, and speaking, we have to be cautious. Speaking of things that own people blends right yeah. into my next question for you. For many people have their careers as that thing that identifies them. We are talking about, you know, a job, your new job, you're in the midst of transition here. And you've yeah. testified how the Lord has directed you on that. For many people, their careers is that thing that identifies them. As a successful yes. certified accountant, how have you been able to avoid that pin that pitfall of idolatry? Uh, yeah, it's it's not easy. There's definitely been times where I've been I've been caught up, I would say, in a career. But you know, with the help of the Lord, it's just it's just I focus more and more on the eternal things. And, that, and that's really what you have to do is you have to understand you're not living for today. You're not living for things of this world, titles, bonuses, raises, although those things can be nice. Sure. It's not where you're supposed to put your hope and faith into. And so right. when you realize that there's way more rewards in heaven for being loyal to Jesus, uh, you, you're able to separate yourself from from, from some of these earthly uh, earthly draws, things mm. that can, can kind of suck you in, I think. So yeah. you still go to work, and you work hard, and you work as righteous as you can, and you, and you try to honor the Lord. But if you get passed over for that promotion, or you don't get that bonus, you just have to say, God will reward me. He's watching me. And it's so comforting to know that, because you don't have to feel like you got Post or you got overlooked. Life is unfair because even if it is here, well, he's going to take care of you later. And that, mm. that is comfort and the peace that we have as believers. Yeah. And well put. And I did a show. Uh, there was an episode of the podcast. Again, just in case people have uh, missed some of the episodes, there was an episode, The Difference Between Two Kingdoms. I greatly encourage people to. It, get back to uh, listen to that in case they've missed that one. Uh, that's exactly what stuff there was um, emphasizing. It's easy for us to be drawn into living for, serving for a worldly kingdom. And Jesus wants our all on the altar for his kingdom. Everything we have is God, Stup, and you've... Yeah. illustrated this uh, already, as well as in the prior episodes that you've been on. God calls us to give, or as I like at times to put it, to share. Uh, I've got a three S principle that I have with my daughter, my teenage daughter. Okay. There's, nice. we, you know, we save, uh, we share, and then we spend. Um, we first comes the sharing part, minimum of 10%, but we kind of talk, we believe in grace giving. I mean, it's more, I mean, a lot of people get caught up on the tithe and that being 10%, but let, let's be honest. It's all gods and we yeah. really should be giving more than 10%. Okay. 
Yeah, um, right. And then there's the saving part. And that's, of course, for expenses, bills, uh, you described emergencies, things like that. And then that whatever's left over, if there's anything left over, yeah, we can spend. We can spend on, you know, you know, a new gadget, if we need a, uh, a new computer, an upgrade, or go on vacation, things like that. So right. you know, I've got the three S principle, the share, save, spend concept. How do you incorporate or lead by example in the giving concept of your home? Well, the uh, the major the major thing we try to focus our family on as far as giving is is the local church, and so we we have a unofficial starting guide of around ten percent with the ability to to give more in certain situations so it's when you when you have a structured budget like we do it makes it simple to to keep track and know exactly uh how we're how we're spending all, like you said it's all his money so how we're spending all of his money mm-hmm. and i mean i i i thoroughly i have seen when you are generous to god he can be generous he is so generous back uh, maybe it's not financial, but there's so many ways he can be generous. You can't, oh, you can't outgive God, right? I've heard somebody from our church say that, and uh, it doesn't mean we have to give everything because we have to take care of the family. And, and uh, I'm certainly not sitting here saying I've uh, failed at times to do an adequate 10 percent on certain situations, but I've tried. We we try to be as generous as we can as a family. We understand that money. It's it's his money, and if it can go spread the gospels, help save people, that is the best money we can spend. Well, absolutely, it's a kingdom investment, and that's ultimately what Christ is after. It's not just about giving to him because you know he's expectant of some kind of financial quota to be met. <laughs> um, right, Christ yeah. isn't after that at all. It's not on the radar within the kingdom no. of God at all. He's looking for uh, whatever monies are given for it to be an investment in kingdom activity, which would include the salvation of souls, but not just to get them saved, but to enrich their lives spiritually as well. For those out there listening and wondering why stops breaking up a little bit, he's on his phone. He's in the middle of errands. He's picking up one of his stepsons and He's um he's a pretty busy guy, so I appreciate him taking some time out to come on the Keeping It Real podcast here today. Um, you've been coming through real well on the audio, just about all throughout. So that's been great. I've got one final question for you. If you notice, the line of questioning has gone from your your job and what you do for a vocation, spilling over into your home life, because I believe strongly that what we do. Um, on our job or what we do for a wage and how we accumulate funds and resources, again, is important for us to be able to use those things to manage things on the home front well, uh, to be, um, you know, to, to, to set an example on how to manage those things well, especially for our children, uh, to see those things replicated in their lives and actually Lord willing that they would even be better at it than we are. Okay. Yeah. Um, but Amen. Now, tran- <laughs> transitioning back to the workplace for this final question, I had uh, 
author, speaker, and blogger Frank Viola on the podcast here in two prior episodes. And he wrote a book called 48 Laws of Spiritual Power, a tremendous read. I highly recommend that uh, to everyone that is listening. And on the very first page of that book, 48 Laws of Spiritual Power, he makes this statement. If you are in Christ, your entire life is a missions trip. How would you view your place of employment in that light? Yeah, I, I absolutely. I, I feel uh, we covered that a little bit earlier, but it, it is. I mean, he really spreads us. He really he he sends his people everywhere, right? He sends his people into the into the field so they can and they can testify for him and and reach. I mean, the whole kingdom is needed to be reached. And so the whole world needs to hear about the kingdom of God. Mm. And until I think it's written until it does, you know, Jesus won't return until everybody's had a chance to hear. So we're going to, we're out there, we're, we're in different workplaces, work environments, types of businesses. And so to the chance that we have to share, he'll send his people. And we, we just pray that we can be used. So, I mean, the workplace is absolutely a mission field. And you just never know who he has you there to plant a seed for or to help reach. Yeah. And I tell you what, I mean, by the sounds of it, you describe from what you described earlier, uh, you have worked with uh, folks that it would seem as though they are outside of Christ. Uh, they aren't believers. Uh, I you know, have worked in jobs and uh, work in a job where that would seem to be evident as well. And so I'm a big believer that, um, you know, as it says in Romans 14, verse 12, every one of us will give an account of himself to God. And so when someone lives their life and lives their entire life, and this life is over for them, and they have been in the presence of another Christian, particularly in something like a job, five days a week, eight hours a day, 40 hours a week for 52 weeks a year. And they had to the chance to be around someone that they know is a Christian. They've heard testimony or they've heard, you know, scriptural truths, or they've heard some form of a witness, or they have been exposed to a witness of Jesus Christ and to his truth and his love. And then this life is over and they have rejected Christ or never accepted Christ. They're going to give an account for that uh, when this life is over, as according to Romans 14. So, yeah, I think your description of what the workplace is and what it or what it ought to be for the believer and what the view, what the perspective, what the heart attitude, what the approach should be for the believer, I think is spot on. Um, do you have any other any closing thoughts on that or just anything in general on God or working a job for God? Because, again, I think that this is just it's a missed thing in Christian circles today, by and large. Or if if it's if it's touched on, it's touched on in such a haphazard, such a diluted way that it really doesn't do this topic justice. I believe that we have really dove into this um, at least a certain degree at in depth at length that I'm hoping uh, would be inspirational for 
uh, those uh, that have listened. Is there anything else that maybe you want to tie up some loose ends, anything else that you want to draw out on this whole working a job for God concept? Uh, I will say that prayer and patience uh, to those who might struggle. I, I was the shyest, the thought of me talking about uh, God or having a Bible at work or, or, speaking with somebody about it was terrifying, absolutely terrifying to me, not that long ago. Mm. And when you, but when you pray and you listen and the more you understand, the more God will give you that, that strength and that courage and that conviction. And he will, uh, he will watch over you. And even if that leads to a tough situation at work, remember where your rewards are, are in heaven. And, Mm. The, and as you continue to to think about this and pray about this, he will he will embolden you, and you will feel more and more confident about it. And now it's to the point where when I when I'm switching a job, I'm thinking he must have somebody there that hopefully he's going to use me to to help spread the word, and there must be somebody there that. Uh, could use his, he needs to get their attention. And maybe that's what I'm there for. And then maybe not, but that's where my thinking is, is that this is an opportunity now that somebody there needs to hear about the love of Jesus. Well, well said. So I just want to just encourage, to just encourage anybody who who makes, it sounds like a, a terrifying experience. I was the most scared of anything like this, of anybody I could imagine. <laughs> Well, it sounds like that there certainly has been a growth and a maturation process in your life as well as as there has been in mine. And that's the way it's supposed to go. <laughs> I mean, the more we, the more we give ourselves over to the Lord and, you know, he's speaking to us and we are being receptive. We're listening and we're being sensitive to his leading. Uh, that's that's what ought to happen. So uh, thanks again, Stuff, for being on uh, the Keeping It Real podcast again today. Uh, I know you're in the middle of things, so we're going to go ahead and let you get running, but uh, we'll do this up again, won't we? Yes, sir. Amen. I I appreciate the time, and uh, uh, always good to talk to you, my friend. All right. And in case uh, for those of you listening, again, if you just uh, in case you haven't visited the website here lately, uh, kirradio.com has uh, gone through some revamping, some revisions. I think some easier navigation. Uh, it's got a better look to it. So I greatly encourage folks to check that out as well as the Keeping It Real Facebook page. We've uh, put a lot more material on that. Stay tuned for the next Keeping It Real episode uh, here on the podcast as there'll be another special guest coming up in the next episode. <laughs>